Hey friend, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. I'm so very thankful for the opportunity to speak to you once again. As we come close to the conclusion of this week, I'm excited to talk to you about another gospel tract. We're going to dive into the book of Mark, chapter number 3. Can you believe it? We've progressed that far this quickly. Mark, chapter number 3. We'll be looking at verse number 1 through verse number 6, I believe, today. But while you turn there, let me tell you about a gospel tract. This gospel tract has been featured in our sample booklet for the last couple of uh, weeks or months or so. And so if you'd like to get this gospel tract by itself, you can actually get our sample booklet. It'll come with five or six other gospel tracts as well as a booklet that talks about our ministry. But as I talk about the gospel tract that I hold in my hand, it's called Seven Questions Boys and Girls Ask. This gospel tract right here is phenomenal for children's outreach. We actually had not long ago, we had a, I think she was an eight or nine year old. Her grandmother contacted us. She goes to school, this eight or nine year old, of course. And her grandmother said, could I get a bunch of that gospel tract, seven questions boys and girls ask so that my granddaughter, she wants to give them away to her friends at school. That's phenomenal. But if you have any uh, children's outreach, if you, if you have any opportunities where this gospel track would be a help, let me encourage you to go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. Maybe, just maybe, you'd like to get our sample booklet at the same time if you're unfamiliar with our ministry. Again, BibleTracksInc.org. You can order our sample booklet. Tomorrow on the broadcast, we'll talk about a little pamphlet, a little brochure that always comes with our sample booklet. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for that. We're in the book of Mark chapter number three. It almost sounds odd to say that. The book of Mark chapter number three, I can't believe we've gotten through things this quickly. As I look back on everything we've covered over these past few days and weeks, really, I know we've taken uh, some breaks from different uh, different things, but in the book of Mark chapter number two, uh, we talked about the fact that Jesus may talk with may speak with a still small voice, but when he is present, you'll know it. Back in Mark chapter number two as well, we talked about how, how important it is to preach the word. We shared some missionary stories in Mark chapter number two. We talked about caring for others and using your imagination for God. And we talked about how your sins can be forgiven. But as we continue on into Mark chapter number three, let me encourage you to grab your Bibles and look at verse number one of Mark chapter number three. Have you found your place there? Grab your Bible. You say, hold up, Brother Micah. I'm driving right now. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a stay. I'll give you a, um, an absence, if you will, from using your Bible. But you got to tune your ears. You got to listen in. If you're listening right now and you have no excuse, you're just sitting there in your living room and your Bible's right beside you, then grab that Bible and open it up. Maybe you can even open up the uh, Bible app on your phone and follow along with me. I always appreciate it when people follow along in their Bibles. I'm not just quoting this from memory. I'm going to read it directly from Scripture. Mark chapter 3 and verse number 1. You there? And he, speaking of Jesus, entered again into the synagogue, And there was a man there which had a withered hand, and they watched him. 
Remember we talked yesterday about they, these Pharisees, these scribes that were just looking to find occasion, just looking to find fault. Do you know anyone that's always looking to find fault? Hopefully it's not you. And they watched him, verse 2, whether he would heal him, whether Jesus would heal the man with a withered hand on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. What kind of, oh man, what kind of fools, what kind of evil people do these gentlemen have to be to be so, so eaten up with the doctrines and with the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, with the tradition of men that they would be so, mm, it's it, it, almost making me angry thinking about it. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Jesus said, stand forth. And he saith unto them, he just kind of has an audience. He realizes this. Jesus was no fool. He uh, probably turns around, looks at these men. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. Think about that. For the man whose hand was changed. For the man whose hand was restored. What a great day. What a blessing it was. But we think about the spite, the anger, the, the irritation, the frustration that these scribes and Pharisees had with Jesus to the point that they were looking for to use a man's hand being healed, a good thing, to use it for evil. And we look at verse number 6. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. Of course, you have the scribes, you have the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians. These Pharisees, they're actually Jesus. It's amazing how Jesus unites the world. You have, um, if I can go where, oh, let's see here. I'm trying to be wise, but I, I don't, it, it's, it's so much, so much Bible that I, I'm, I'm going to go there. You have, um, you have these, abor the abortion lobby. You have the, uh, the quote unquote trans rights lobby. You have, uh, alcohol. You have, uh, all of these different, completely uh, the, the, the alcohol industry, all these different types of industries or, or, or many of them are money-making schemes, but so many of these different things that are so united in one thing. They can't agree on much, but they can agree on the fact that they don't like Jesus. Oh, there are some, they, they talk like they like Jesus, but they're not talking about the same Jesus. What I'm, the point I'm making is, and I apologize, my, my, my brain's a little bit uh, trying to figure out how to wisely tread here, but then also part of me just wants to take a baseball bat to this thought. These Pharisees were so aggrieved with the goodness that Jesus was doing that they were willing to team up with the Herodians. You've got to realize the Pharisees, the Herodians, the, the Sadducees, they were not normally on great terms. They were kind of, they had differences. But Jesus, it's amazing how Jesus unites the world against him. He doesn't do it necessarily, if you will, on purpose. But truth not only divides, but it's amazing how it unites the dwellers of darkness. 
It's amazing how people who have nothing else in common except for the fact that they want to live in illicit sin, in horrible wickedness, and all they want to do, all they want to do is have the freedom to kill babies. All they want to do is have the freedom to mutilate children's bodies. All they want to do is have the ability to have free, quote-unquote, love. It's never free. There is pleasure in sin for a season, friend. That's a promise. There will be pleasure in sin for a season. But sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth, I can't hear you, death. Yes, death. But it's amazing how those who are uh, workers of iniquity, I think of, let's just go there. I think of how Lot, when he welcomed those two men, those two angels, into his home because he knew the dangers of staying out on the street. It's amazing how the entire city was moved about them and was interested in them. And they wanted to, the Bible uses the kind language, uses the, the uh, less, uh, not quite blunt language. We know what, he's, what they're talking about. They wanted to bring the men out to know them, to assault them, to rape them. That's what they wanted. And the whole city, the businessmen, the shopkeepers, everybody, all the men of the city came out because they had the same goal. They wanted to do evil. It's amazing to me how people will unite against good. Say, Brother Micah, you're just a little stirred up today. I prayed for grace this morning. I truly did. But at times, grace and truth are met together. And my desire is to be balanced. But can I speak to you with grace today? Think about this. These Pharisees, these men who wanted nothing with Jesus Christ himself, standing there, robed in human flesh, and they tried to find fault. They tried to tear him down. They took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Can I tell you, friend, the world will oftentimes give you evil in return for good. They'll give you harm in return for help. But does that mean we should stop doing good? Does that mean we should stop striving to be like Christ? No. You know the answer. No. How many times should we forgive? Oh, when Peter asked that question, Jesus gave him a number, didn't he? But he, that, that does not mean we should be counting how many times we forgive. What it really means is that we should forgive and forgive and forgive. If we want to be like Christ... We should forgive until infinity. Talking about giving until it hurts? Oh, no, friend. Sometimes, sometimes we have to forgive until it hurts. The world is taking counsel together. It brings me no joy to say it. But the world is taking counsel together. We've united. I say people of the book have united the world against us. I'm not a hellfire and damnation preacher except for when the Bible and except for when the Lord leads me that direction. And I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm not here to talk about the collapse of the economy. I'm not here to talk about all of the, the socioeconomic and the geopolitical issues of our day. I'm here to tell you that the king is still on the throne and we are still his ambassadors and we still have a job to do. And even when we are returned a rock for fish or a scorpion for good or given a snake in place of that which is good, we are supposed to continue 
doing good. Because when we give a glass of water in his name, it's as if we've given it to him. It doesn't matter if the glass of water is smacked out of our hands and, and the lost world says, I don't want what you have to give me. Does that mean we should go back to the well and dip deeply into it and just be a conduit, a continual conduit, trying to offer the word of life, the bread of life, the water of life? Absolutely, that's what we should do, friend. Can I tell you, as ambassadors, we have not been given a day off. We have not been given a reprieve from the Great Commission. We still have a work to do in the face of incredible wickedness, in the face of travesty, in the face of tragedy, in the face of evil. We are still ambassadors. And I'm so thankful for the fact that we get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'll be honest with you, half of what I said today, I did not plan on saying, but I'll say this as we close, when the world gives you evil, share with them eternity. When the world gives you harm, give them help. My prayer is that you will have a great day for His glory. Thank you for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.